0: Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center.
1: Hello, my name is Jake Smith, and I'm joined here today by Jason Hoffman, Head of Product Area Cloud Infrastructure from Ericsson. Jason, welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the
0: Cloud. Wow, thanks for having me, Jake. My pleasure. Hey, before we dive in, tell us a little
1: bit about yourself and how you got here.
0: How I got here? Well, I'm a coastal Californian, so I'm from here. That's good. (laughs) I'm currently based out of Stockholm. I've been at Ericsson for the last two and a half years, and I've been responsible for really our infrastructure and platform businesses. Before that, I was the founder and CTO of a company called Joyant, and then before that I was largely doing large-scale scientific computing.
1: So tell us a little bit about Ericsson in the hardware business. I don't think people understand that Ericsson's not just in the networking infrastructure business, you're really in the compute infrastructure business as well.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Ericsson's a 140-year-old Swedish company. We're about uh, 120,000 employees globally. And we've been in the business of doing infrastructure for service providers pretty much for the last 140 years. Other periods of time, we've also been an operator. If you go back to the turn of the century, we're the operator of Mexico, you know, for example. Wow, that's a good Um, good get for our listeners. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, at various times, we've made phones, too. Most of our business for the last, say, 20 years has been building out 1G, then 2G, then 3G, then 4G, and then eventually 5G networks. And... The purpose of my group has been to do the rest of infrastructure. So we can start saying that we do infrastructure for people that want to do things as a service. Very cool.
1: So tell us a little bit about the data center automation platform that you're launching here at IDF this year.
0: You know, when you look at the hardware and facility layer of things, we identified a couple years ago that typically hardware system management, as well as facility management, was vendor specific so if you bought hardware from hp you had hp hardware management if you bought hardware from any given vendor you had some tools that allowed you to manage their hardware but of course when you look at most of the infrastructure that's out there it is multi vendor on pretty much every component now in the data center automation platform it's meant to be two things one is unified data collection across any device that's in a data center being able to actually collect all the data off of all the service processors and all of the systems down at the component level, regardless of vendor, and then allow that centralized data environment to actually create actionable insights. So, you know, it can do things like tell you that you've spent $3.2 million in the last year powering USB ports on servers that you've never used. It can tell you that somebody's plugged a thumb drive in four times into these four particular systems. You had um, no idea that they plugged no idea that they plugged it. It can do like full historical analysis down to the component level. So you actually know that you took some DIMMs out of a box and replaced them with some other DIMMs that uh, a given sort of hard drive from a given vendor has failed. And then I think most importantly on there too is it also can function as a control system. So it can give you unified control across all these platforms. The usual funny realization that people have when we go in there is, one, it can go in and auto-discover every device you have on a network in a data center. And then everything about those devices, you know, whether it's an HP server or a Dell server or a Quanta or a Supermicro or an EMC storage array or Juniper network equipment and so on. And then even by vendor, when we start pointing out to people just the amount of heterogeneity they have on things like the BIOS and firmware level, they're typically shocked One example is we had a customer that we auto-discovered about 10,000 systems. It had basically 6,000 different pieces of firmware, different versions and different types across only 10,000 systems. So if you stop and you think about it, it's sort of like a Noah's Ark of hardware. And because it can function as a control system, we can deal with that.
1: What are some of the analytics, unintended consequences potentially that you think can happen when carriers and your customers start gaining control of what is essentially a multi-platform, multi-firmware, multi-vendor infrastructure? What kind of unintended consequences do you think can happen over time?
0: The biggest sort of consequence of it is you actually, for the first time, have a very industrialized factory-like supply chain view of what you're doing from your infrastructure. And most people are generally shocked by how much they're wasting. I mean, some people are over-dimensioned more than 10x relative to what they're doing. And then that sort of end-to-end view from power grid up, I mean, it gives you probably the best operational cost and power view of a workload. What does it really cost for me to run this? And really, what does it do, you know, down to sort of a kilowatt hour type perspective? And generally sort of connecting all those dots is pretty difficult for people.
1: Where does a customer begin if they wanted to take advantage of the data center automation platform and take advantage of other services from Ericsson?
0: The thing we've decided to do with all of our hardware and software products in the infrastructure space is they should start with where the customer is. So we can go in and help modernize the network. We can go in and help modernize the server farms. We can help go in and sort of modernize or consolidate the storage environments. We can go and just be an end-to-end analytics tool across multi-vendor hardware fleet. We could just focus initially on the facility side of things. And so there's a lot of sort of different ways of adopting it. But it can still put you on this type of path where you can end up with a much more known purposeful, industrialized infrastructure. Can
1: you talk a little bit about hyperscale data center system? You're not only building an analytics engine and a control point, but now you've built the hardware behind it to allow you to either replace and or upgrade infrastructures. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: The purpose of that system was to get people to a component-based view. So the first thing we did was we decided that we would take a lot of these traditional systems where you either have a server or you have networking equipment or you have a storage environment and minimize that down to a board that has one or two components on it. So say CPU and memory or just non-volatile RAM or just PCIe-based hardware accelerators like FPGUs or GPAs or just switching chips and so on. And then on the back of it, you know, rather than having all the typical NIC connectivity, PCIe connectivity, service processors, and so on like that, we made it so that single minimized board with one or two components also has one bus, which is to a silicon photonics card. And that allows effectively a passive optical backplane between all the individual components. And then the way that you begin to assemble a system, a good example is any type of switch or router. You would take a switching chip, take it over PCIe, over optical, map it in the main memory of another board that's got just CPUs and memory in it, and then attach that to an arbitrary number of ports. So there is no longer a physical system anymore that you'd call a top of rack or aggregate or coarse router or anything sort of like that you can decide to put 128 ports or 32 ports or 64 ports on one switching chip. Wow, this is a great talk, Jason, and I certainly appreciate your time. So sort
1: of leave our listeners with one final uh, thought around the trends you're seeing and what excites you about the future.
0: You know, we tend to think that hardware is a commodity or software is eating the world or take your sort of catchphrase of the day. we don't quite talk about what the real issue is. I mean, the, the real issue is we are making a transition from factories that create physical goods to factories that create digital goods. And our digital factories are basically the equivalent of an 1888 physical factory. I mean, the inside of a data center looks nothing like the inside of a factory that you make BMWs in. And more and more of what we're basically doing as a society is inside of these types of buildings. And so you know it's the equivalent of all of us sitting around in 1974 saying that you know computers are done there is a tremendous amount of things that need to be done in the infrastructure space because if we want all of this infrastructure that we're doing to do more for us as humans then enable us to take pictures of our food and selfies If we wanted to actually start impacting what we do and human health and how we live as societies and the like, we're going to have to figure out a way to make this infrastructure 10,000 times better at basically the same cost of today. So we're nowhere close to even done. It's great.
1: Great. Where can we learn more about the products that we discussed
0: today? We have ericsson.com slash hyperscale. Um, has pretty much everything there.
1: Thank you for your time today. This has been Jason Hoffman, Head of Product Area Cloud Infrastructure from Ericsson. My name is Jake Smith, and you've been with us on Chip Chat, Conversations in the Cloud. Thanks, and enjoy IDF.